This is a fourth-hand production. You also see the other side of people, you know, um, you know, like uh, Slender Man, and you know, it's a demon, and and these other things mixed into that. I, does that fr- that's got to frustrate you a bit, right? You know, because you just you you have the, all these other people that have these things that they're right. trying to you know pin on it. So yeah, and and I address both of those in my book. Um, oh, okay. but of course, not everybody reads the book. You have these internet memes and things mm-hmm. like that. That you know, those those are a bit more popular, I suppose. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I am Shane, and I'm alive back from Vegas. I guess, right? You gross. <laughs> I know you're not a Vegas fan. Sorry, dude. No, not really. Sorry, everyone from Vegas. I am Josh, the hater of Vegas. <laughs> I, You know what? It's funny. Every time I get back, I'm like, oh, fuck it. That's done. I'm not doing Vegas ever again. This this city has gone out of control. It's too expensive. There's too many people. And then the wife is like, hey, you want to go to Vegas in three months? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, it's just yeah, a, sounds great. It's a, it's a swinging door. It I just sucks. like, I, I usually go there uh, once or twice a year for work, and I hate it. Yeah, like, yeah. For most of the things you said, it's expensive. Even when work's paying for most of it, it's just like it's expensive. It's a pain in the ass. I don't like the vibe of the city. Um, all fair. Know, I'm getting old I mean, and all crotchety. I no, guess, no, no, but. no. Shit, that's all fair. We did so. Uh, not the listeners give a shit. But I'm telling you anyway. Um, and I know Josh, you can share your um, because I know man, you're head over heels in love with this band. Uh, when to see mm-hmm. Chili Peppers? They're my favorite. Um, my God, they put on a good show. It was great. Sold out Allegiant Stadium. The problem is, and again, I'm not going to rant and rave too much, but holy shit, guys, get your not not the Chili Peppers. They did fantastic, but where they built Allegiant Stadium, it's on the other side of the freeway. It's off the strip. There's nothing else around it. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people waiting for taxis, lifts, Ubers. There's like people wanting the parking lot going hundred dollars an hour. Hundred dollars an hour, drive wherever you want, and and it's it gets a, it's the worst design ever. Fuck yeah, that's Vegas, baby. Oh my that's god, that's like trying to sucks. get out of a casino, my dog. Oh, I know. Well, that's another story altogether. But um, anyway, aside from that, it was blast. You know, we ended up finding a guy that if, uh, we'll give you fifty bucks if you drive us to Rio, and literally we were three miles away from Rio. So just you know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's not much worse than what Uber no. and Lyft prices have been lately anyway. Especially that late at night. Like, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning type thing, but you know, anyway, I'll just so, say, let know. this be a lesson to you for going to Las Vegas. You to see the red hot chili peppers, <laughs> triple you. Yeah. Well, I could have went somewhere else. I'm, I suppose, but I will say too, uh, we ended up staying at, uh, we did the real one night. Then we went to the Caesars. Uh, it was a wife's birthday. She yeah, always yeah. wanted to, she wants to stay at Caesars and, and, you know, and and again, I'm not gonna I'm gonna Yelp review it, but Caesars, if you're listening, which I'm pretty goddamn sure you're not, 
Get your shit together. If you're going to be that big and have that many rooms and be that sprawled out and sit on 84 acres of a property, make sure you can pick up the trash off the floor when somebody checks in or fix the millwork or make sure the doors and the TV work. Uh, just My saying. dude, have you ever been to Vegas? Oh, I have, but it's just none of it's like, come on, you're asking guys. the impossible, bro. Yeah, they don't care well, about well. that shit. Anyway. The, uh, when on, my flight got canceled last time and I had stayed at the Nugget for one night, the fucking shower didn't work. <laughs> you know, we stayed there too one time. And yeah, the, I went like, specifically to do the pool with the shark tube where you like slide down through the shark tank and do all this stuff and da da da. Yeah, it was under construction when we got there. I was like, ah, dagger. This one thing I wanted it for. Yeah. Fremont so. Street's, Street's way funner than the Strip. It, it is. Like, we, we spent Sunday down there. It was really cool. Um, people was, watching at its finest, you know. It was my so. first time at the Nugget, and I was expecting it to be everything I'd ever hoped and dreamed. And I was like, oh, cool. The shower doesn't work, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't stink on the flight home in the morning. Right. I missed because anyway. I tried, but it failed miserably. But, yeah. And I was a little uh, bit hammered and was like calling the front desk just like, the shower's broken. I don't fucking care if you do anything about it tonight. I just want to go to bed. I have to leave for the airport at like five in the morning, but I just want you to know it wasn't me. I didn't break it. <laughs> don't don't bill me for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. It was like this when I oh got here. Oh, my God. And so the good news, too, on that, uh, for anybody out there who is a Vegas fan who wants a really good show, uh, check out Absinthe. Uh, it sets in front of Caesars. It's like a, a circus tent kind of sets in front of it. And it's this variety acrobatic show that is beyond crass. Like it, it is so badass because nothing is off limits. You know, we go through this world nowadays, man, and like everybody's politically correct and everybody's woke, and you got to be sensitive. You got to what you get. And there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. You know, you got to be. You know, people are people, and you got to respect who they are. But it was refreshing to not have to walk in somewhere and nobody was off limits. Like it didn't matter who you were, where you're from. Comedy is comedy. Funny is funny. You're at a show. It was fantastic. You know, if Tom Waits had a carnival, this is what it would be. It, it would just badass. It would just really cool. So highly recommended. If anybody wants to go see a, see a show, don't bring your children, you know, unless you're bad parents, you know, then you can, then maybe you can bring them. It's up to you. Anyway. Did they borrow the tent from circus circus? I <laughs> it kind of looks like it actually. Now that you think about it, I didn't put two and two together. Ah, ah, there you are. So, but yeah, we survived. We're back. Um, good to see you. I know. Uh, you know, we got a heat wave coming here again. I know you guys are still sweltering over there. I think you had some rain or something. Anyway, yeah, it cooled off for a few days. I mean, it was awesome to have the rain. We need the water. And it was cool that it cooled down a little bit, but it was also like forty eight percent humidity, which here, oh, okay. you know, like fits eighty. 80, 90 with 48% humidity, it might as well be, well be 110. You, you know? just might as well stand in a broken shower at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to call But it was still angry. nice. I uh, got blasted by the sun standing outside talking to my neighbor for like 45 minutes and have like the most ridiculous sunburn because my people <laughs> just, hate and fear the sun. Just standing there. Oh, that's funny. Well, you know, for what it's worth, like I said, you know, I've been out of contact for a little bit, but glad to be back. Glad you're good. Um, we folks have uh, a guest on for you know a chance. We we actually have filtered guests in here. I think about every other week we're going to have somebody. Uh, we finally kind of got it set up in our schedules, right? Hopefully you enjoyed some original write ups. I know the last episode we had the Axeman in New Orleans, and that was fun. I enjoyed that. That actually was a good time. Weird story. Uh, you know, hopefully yeah. we didn't poke too much fun of it. Uh, I I don't know. You know, like I said, it just. 
it, it's crazy. If you're going to be a serial killer, I guess set some weird rules to go by, you know? So. Yeah. If you're going to be a serial killer, go back in time before the advent of forensics. Uh-huh. That's the best place to be for you sure. Get away with any of it. <laughs> exactly. So it was cool. It was fun. But uh, on this one here, we actually have a gentleman by the name of Mike Ricksecker. Uh, he actually has, oh man, we're not even going to start. We got an intro coming up, but it's really going to focus on um, shadow people dimensional people that we've brought up here and there on this podcast, uh, along with some other things and, and a really awesome in-depth conversation. I, I gotta say, I was highly impressed. The guy's knowledgeable. He's been doing it for a while. It seems like his, his heart's into it. He, he's got research. He's got all kinds of things in the pipeline. Um, very awesome conversation. I felt on my side that we had with the guy. Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah. You know, it was great. Yeah. So we're going to bring him on. Uh, so everybody, you know, without the banter, Stand by for Mike Rexicker. Open gates. So a handful of times in our show, we have brought up the subject of shadow people or interdimensional beings. Is it possible that this is another plane of existence slipping in and out of our own? Are there locations on Earth where this veil is a little thinner and the chance of experiencing this phenomenon is, well, greater for the most part. Uh, you know, Josh and I aren't really, you know, this isn't our wheelhouse as far as this subject matter, so we decided to bring an expert on. Mike Ricksicker is the author of Amazon bestselling A Walk in the Shadows, A Complete Guide to Shadow People, Eight Historic Paranormal Books, and The Esoteric Tome, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle. He has appeared on multiple television shows and programs, including Travel Channel's The Alaska Triangle, History Channel's Ancient Aliens, Discover Plus's Fright Club, Animal Planet's The Haunted, Bio Channel's My Ghost Story, and wow, the list goes on for Mike. Uh, he also produces his own internet supernatural-based shows on the Haunted Road Media YouTube channel and is a producer and director of the docuseries The Shadow Dimension. Available on several stream platforms and listeners, definitely worth uh, your time to check out. But that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as what Mike is involved in as he continues to provide clarity around this subject and help explain exactly what we are encountering when we sometimes cross paths, if you will, with these interdimensional beings. And it is awesome to have Mike on the show. Mike, welcome to Strange Uncles. Yeah, thanks so much for having me this evening. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, fantastic. And, uh, you know, I really didn't mention in the in the intro, but I did catch on your bio that you are a veteran. You're in Air Force. Uh, how long did you serve? Yeah, six years, uh, 92 to 98. Oh, actually, I was in the Navy about the same time frame. I did nine. So Okay, great. You know, always great to see a veteran. And thank sure. you. Yeah, 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 likewise, you know, for sure. So, you know, and I guess we can start from here. Um you know, we, we've, you know, I've looked at your work, you know, it's just a, a, a portfolio of things that, that are amazing. Um, you know, the time you take in and stuff like this. And we asked this from a lot of our guests right from the get go is just, you know, you always wonder how do you get into this fringe? Like what drove you and kind of, you know, went into this, the shadow people, what you're dealing with? What, what did that look like in, in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm an experiencer. I, happened when I was very young. I've had a lot of experiences throughout my life, but, you know, the first um, significant paranormal experience that I had, I was about eight years old, woke up in the middle of the night and there was this tall, dark shadow standing in the corner of the bedroom. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know from shadow people or anything like that at the time. I, I thought there was an intruder in the house. They were robbing the place. Or they were about to kill me or, you know, something like that. <laughs> um, that's about what you think at that age. But, you know, fortunately I'm still alive to tell the tale, which is great. Right. Um, it, it did do something very unusual, though. So this thing, you know, approached my bed. I'm trying to scream. My mouth opens up. Nothing's coming out because I'm just too terrified. I'm just a little kid. 
and leans over my bed. I'm staring into this blank black face. There's like nothing there. No eyes, no nose, no mouth, hmm. nothing. Grabbed me by the wrists, crossed my arms, and then it ran off down the hall. Oh, At that point, I found my voice, found my legs, ran off screaming to my parents' bedroom. They're trying to calm me down and console me and try and tell me that I had you know, just had a bad dream. But um, you know, I knew I was awake for this this whole thing. Fast forward a few years, about five years later, um, at 13 years old, we're moving from that house. Uh, that one was in Massachusetts. We're moving back to Ohio. And in this new house, um, you know, I started seeing a you know, this shadowy figure, you know, appearing in my doorway. The very, very different than the one of, that happened in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. I was going to say kind of the similar, yeah. but it sounds like, okay. No, it was, sure. it was different. And, and that one in Massachusetts happened one time. This other one kept showing up. Hmm. I'd be unpacking boxes, putting stuff away, and all of a sudden it'd be there in my doorway. And I turn and look and off would go. Mm. And this happened like several times over the course of, of some days. And finally, I decided to ask my mom about it. And she actually admitted to me she had seen the same thing. Oh, Maybe wow. So I was a little bit mature at that age. I mean, I don't know how mature you can be at 13. But. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we we think we are, I think, at 13. We think we are. Yeah, 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 yeah you know, yeah. We, yeah, we know everything at that age, right? <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, her saying her saying that you know helped me in a couple of ways. One was affirmation that okay, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really did see this because Mom has seen it too, and she wasn't alarmed by it. She didn't seem overly concerned or anything like that. So it's like okay, Mom has seen the the same thing and isn't worried about it. I'm not going to be worried either. And I actually got playful with the with the thing. I started oh, calling really? him Tom. Yeah, oh, I started calling him wow. Tom, like peeping Tom. And every time I see him, hey Tom, and, <laughs> and nothing we weird go. about that at all. <laughs> No, no, not at yeah, all. Yeah. And, and that activity lasted for about three or four months and kind of subsided. So I just chalked it up to somebody or something that was there was checking out the new family, deemed that we were okay, and you know went about its business. So you know, two very different experiences. They, um, the only, so the the second one, uh, Tom, he was more translucent in nature and, and very very fast. Um, still, you know, you can see the outline of of a human shape. With mm. the other one. Uh, was you know, extremely solid and, of course, you know, very interactive. So, so, so yeah, and I, yeah, that's actually yeah, I just, just. Oh, go ahead. No, Josh. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say I was actually just going to ask that, like, what the difference between the two were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. And you're seeing Tom like during waking hours, right? Like yeah. when you're like just hanging out in the house, not like when you're waking up, so you know it's not like sleep paralysis or anything like that. Right, exactly. And the mm. first experience that I that I had um, when I was eight, there was there was no paralysis involved. My mouth opened up when I tried to scream. My my arms were crossed. And it crossed them, but you know my arms still crossed. And I turned yeah. my head to watch the thing run off down the hall. So I did not actually experience paralysis. I have experienced paralysis before, mm-hmm. but not in you know a shadow person situation. Um, both times it was at work. The first time was when I was in the uh, the Air Force. And this was not a good situation uh, because my body was so exhausted, it just fell asleep and my mind was still awake. So it's kind uh, of the reverse yeah. of the way people usually experience it. Usually they wake yeah. up and they have the paralysis. Right. For me, it was the reverse of that. And mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, I don't want to get caught sleeping on a job, especially, especially in the Air Force. But I wasn't really sleeping either because my mind was totally awake and aware mm-hmm. of everything going on around me. I just couldn't move, which was really, really scary in and of itself. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and that's happened to me twice. Hmm. 
Well, that actually sounds kind of more terrifying than shadow people. <laughs> oh yeah, hands down. I I mean that's the thing when they got the grips of, of your control. I, I I that's just you know that's another thing. You know, and I find it funny too because we we've interviewed other guests on the show, um, not specifically shadow people, but just you know what their experience made something they saw, whatever have you. And as a young age, that leads them down this road that they they just and I think we had one or two guests that literally they they wanted so bad to shake it, but they just couldn't. You know, couldn't shake yeah. the fact that they experienced it. They saw it. You know, this is a thing. When you, do you still actively have those? Like, is that something that, as you delve into, of course, you know, this is this is what you do. This is your job and your role. Um, what's that look like as far as uh, patterns and things like that? Yeah, it's interesting. I've I've had a lot of uh, a lot of shadow experiences as an adult, but I I put myself into those situations. So those first couple ones when I was younger, you know, it was just kind of happening to me while I was there. But, you know, as I became fascinated in this phenomenon, um, and I had my first little paranormal investigation at about the age of 14 or 15, I had no idea that's what I was doing at the time. It was just the, the nature of the, that particular situation. Um, you know, and I started doing that as an adult, you know, started investigating the paranormal. So I'm putting myself into situations where right. I'm at haunted locations or historic buildings and, and things like that. And so I started seeing a lot more shadows in these different situations. So you talk about, you know, not being in a, you know, a sleep situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The majority of the experiences I documented in my book had nothing to do with sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you know, many people do ex- experience the, the shadows coming out of sleep, but, um, but yeah, I found that they come in all different shapes and forms. I've seen them as, um, as mists, you know, almost like a cloud vaporous type of a form. Um, I've seen a crawler, which is something that's extremely fast, long arms, spindly legs crawling all over the, uh, the, the floor, wall, ceiling, oh all that stuff. No, thank you. And, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds a little unnerving. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That one was pretty crazy. But the most interesting one was the rolling black smoke that morphed into the apparition of the little girl, which basically confirmed for me, cause I, you know, debated with people for years over this mm-hmm. about whether or not some of these are actually human spirits. And it's like, okay, I got confirmation right there that, you know, the, the shadow thing just, turned into a little girl. There are five of us that saw this. Wow. Um, fortunately, I wasn't the only witness to that one. Hmm. So, so, Oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> um, so, so do you think most of them are spirits of uh, former human beings or uh, do you think that it's kind of like a, a wide variety of like where they come from, what their origins are, that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a wide variety. I mean, some of them absolutely are, you know, human spirits can't fully manifest as, as an apparition. Mm-hmm. They come off looking like a shadow. So a lot of these things are just somebody's grandmother or Aunt Tilly or what have you. But, you know, I'll get people that are contacting me. I think I have a demon and, you know, no. um, very, 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 very few um, are demonic. But, uh, you know, the, some of them actually are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of them are extraterrestrials. Uh, some of them are uh, time slips that we're getting a glimpse of another point in time. Uh, people talk okay. about like the doppelganger effect. And I think a lot of the doppelganger stories are actually time slips. We actually start examining some of these mm-hmm. different stories. Um, some of them you know, could be astral projections, light beings, a large variety of different things that we're actually seeing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, and that was actually so. You, my question's kind of out, you know. As when you classify them as, you get in the pseudoscience of this. You classify them as: are they spe? Is this a species? Is this what they do? You know, to try to make sense and and I guess our, you know, how we view things. You know, is that and it sounds like that's not necessarily the case. You know, it, it's a hodgepodge of of where things are getting pulled from. 
So it, it, it kind of is, you know, as humans, we, we like to kind of categorize and compartmentalize Absolutely. things. So, you know, and, and I've done that the first section of my book. So when I get into, you know, types of, of shadow entities, you know, you have a humanoid figure, hat man, um, you know, hooded figures, mist, wisp, the crawler, the old hag. So those are kind of like different types. But then I have another section of the book where it gets into, okay, what exactly are these things? And kind of the, the list that I went off uh, before with, you know, human spirits, interdimensional beings, et cetera. And so uh, Mark Anthony, uh, the, the psychic explorer, uh, also known as psychic lawyer, has a great quote in my uh, Shadow Dimension docuseries. Best place to watch that is Tubi TV, by the way. Watch oh, that thank you. For free. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And his quote is um, that what we may be dealing with are several different species using a similar energetic modality to enter into what we call Earth. So basically, essentially, yeah, you have all these different, you know, things that are out there, different Mm -hmm. species of entities that are using that same form of energy to be able to come into our plane of existence. And it just happens that that form of energy in our world ends up looking like a shadow. Right. Right. That's me. So, and this is a question we've asked once or twice, especially when you're, you're dealing with something like this. And, and I can imagine, I guess it's frustrating, but when you look at the difference between you, what you experienced and, and these things that are classified and it is a species, you also see the other side of people, you know, um, you know, like uh, slender man and, you know, it's a demon and, and these other things mixed into that. I, does that fr- that's got to frustrate you a bit, right? You know, because you just you you have the, all these other people that have these things that they're right. trying to you know pin on it. So yeah, and and I address both of those in my book. Um, oh, okay. but of course, not everybody reads the book. You have these internet memes and things mm-hmm. like that. That you know those those are a bit more popular, I suppose. Um, yeah, the whole Slenderman thing is interesting, you know, because of its origins. You know, we know it began as a fictional story, right? Yeah. And um, and what's interesting is, you know, people relate Slenderman to shadow entities because you know he's in the dark suit and everything, right? Uh, he kind of, in a way, reminds us reminds us of the Men in Black, and even the Men in Black, the way they look, kind of remind remind us of, of shadow entities, just kind of their their look and their demeanor and everything. But if you actually think about it, um, Slenderman. Uh, even though he's fictional, it is not a shadow. Anyways, he's, if you look at his face and his hands, he's white. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's just wearing right, a right. suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, what is interesting though, with that, the whole, the whole concept of Slenderman as, as a topa or a thought form, people are saying now that so much energy has been put into the idea of Slenderman that now something has manifested itself. Uh, as a real mm-hmm. Slenderman that's out there. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've yet to work a, you know, quote unquote, real Slenderman case or seen any that you could substantiate as being real other than you know, kind of yeah. you know, people, you know, uh, talking about it on the internet. Yeah. Well, which, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. it's his own worst enemy, really the internet. I mean, it, I, really, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> no, it's so frustrating. Well, and, and you actually, but, you, you caught something that I wanted to ask you about. Um, okay. With, with Tulpas, you know, yes. do, do you, that fascinates me to think, you know, you, you group of people, you know, like the uh, um, Golgotha, you know, they, they, you think mm-hmm. about this, you, you premise, it becomes a thing. Like, is that, is that something that you you really, you believe in, you kind of back, you think that's another side of this thing or? Well, yeah, it, it's an interesting idea and it comes out of the idea of the Buddhist thought form. Um, mm-hmm. They had a, a tradition that um, you could put enough energy into a thought that you could, that you could, uh, 
that it would become its own sentient being. You could substantiate this energy into an actual form. Right. And so it's, it's interesting because now you have um, you know, topomancy websites out there where kids are trying to uh, create sentient beings out of their oh, favorite animal characters. I know. So that sounds safe. <laughs> of course. Of course. But there's an interesting um, story that um, it's at the very beginning of the Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the Mothman. Uh, but it does have to do with the idea of, of a tulpa in the, in the Buddhist thought form. Hmm. And it deals with uh, Walter B. Gibson, who under the name Maxwell Grant wrote the old shadow pulp novels that became the radio show, the shadow. Oh movies. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And so when he moved out of his house in Greenwich village in New York, uh, the new tenants that moved in were complaining that the place was haunted. And so yeah. Paranormal investigators like Hansel's or, you know, this is back in the day, you know, going in there, trying to deduce what, what in the world's going on with these, this ghost that's in there. And they kept reporting it as a shadowy figure wearing a hat that many times would appear in the hallway, but also other areas of the house. And some people start thinking, oh, maybe this is like a Revolutionary War soldier that you know, died in the house or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. So, um, you know, Walter B. Gibson was like, well, you know, I, I never had a haunting in my house. And I guess he knew John Keel. They're kind of, you know, putting their heads together on, you know, what in the world's going on here. And they came up with this idea that, well, actually what it was, was, you know, the idea of the, the thought form, the tulpa that Keel, or not Keel, but Gibson had put so much energy into creating his shadow character that it actually manifested wow. itself in the house. And that's what's there. I don't know where I heard this, uh, but I don't think it was in the Mothman prophecies, but I do remember a similar story about uh, the guy that wrote the original like Conan the Barbarian novels and stuff where he was saying that he didn't feel like he was writing it. He felt kind of taken over when he was like telling the stories that it, like mm-hmm. Conan was a real personality that like inhabited his consciousness and told him the story. And that's how he wrote it, you know, um, which is, I guess, not really the same at all sort of similar but like well it's the whole idea of yeah it's the whole idea of the muse or the collective unconscious that you know we we may be getting these messages or tapping into something in the Mm -hmm. ether and you know as a writer there are times where you get in the zone and you you don't know where it's coming from it's it's just coming to you somehow Mm -hmm. some way you are tapped into something and it's it's like a download um you know you know people kind of use that term now for um, like the the UFO community, they're they're getting downloads from the extraterrestrials or whatever. I heard a lot of and, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a similar type of concept. When you start writing, you get in that zone. It does, in a lot of ways, feel like a, some sort of download is coming to you. Yeah, and that's scary too, because if you think about it, that get, brings you to the point. Well, like, well, wait a minute. You know, it, do we make consciousness, or does consciousness make ourselves? You know, is our consciousness literally a radio transmitter, and we just we're grabbing these things? You know, yeah, there are some ideas out there that um, that our body is just a receiver and our consciousness is is out there somewhere in, in the cosmos, wherever like we originally come from. And it's being transmitted right. to us. And, you know, possibly along the way, we're picking up on these other signals there. And those also end up coming to us. Well, and it would explain. So, it, 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 I mean, you know, and again, I, we definitely want to discuss your work in Alaska stuff, but just that fascinates us with this uh, this the science of it. And, and it explains deja vu. It explains these other things. It explains, you know, because that, that's, that's part of that a bit, you know? So yeah, that's just, that's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, 
wanted to kind of get, we want to touch the, the root of all this with the Alaska Triangle. Again, I've, I've seen the show a few times, um, and your book actually is on order. I've not received it yet, but I can't wait to get a hold of it. What led you there? What Was that just, it was that a happenstance? Was that through research? Well, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Um, a couple of different things happened. So, um, and, th- and thank you for getting the book. I appreciate that. Alaska's mysterious triangle. Um, no, first I was, uh, it was my first duty station in the air force. So I spent three years okay. there, uh, you know, 92 to 95 at Elmendorf air force base. Uh, but when I was contacted about the television show, the Alaska triangle, I hadn't written the book yet. It wasn't even, I was into so many other things that it wasn't even, on my mind at the time, mm-hmm. but I got contacted by the producers of the Alaska Triangle television show because they came across one of my videos on YouTube about portals and paranormal supernatural activity, um, you know, the idea of you know ley lines with slur currents and, and those sorts of things. And you know, they wanted to talk to me about that. So it's like, okay, you know, we're doing a little Zoom interview and all that. And you know, we're talking about the these different ideas, portals, stargates, you know, current in the ground, all that. And then they asked me, uh, well, what do you know about this type of activity in Alaska? And I told them, well, you know, there's the idea of the Alaska Triangle, which is like the Bermuda Triangle in Alaska. And I know this because I'd I'd been up there and people (laughs) talk about all the strange activity. And they're like, that's exactly what our show is. Okay, great. So it seemed um, to all fall into place. That's funny. Yeah, it was one of those where just it, it fell into place. And so, you know, we went up there, you know filmed some episodes for the show. They had me on the side of the mountain with some dowsing rods and all that fun stuff. <laughs> um, and so it was just natural after, after having done that, it, it just kind of ignited me. You know, I got to, you know, explore some of my old haunts and, and all of that while I was uh, spent those couple of days in Alaska. And that just inspired me to, to go ahead and write the book after that. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I've been to Alaska myself. Uh, wife and I actually vacationed there, and uh, it it really is surreal. Just I, you know, I don't know. You know, there's certain places that I guess have that vibe, if you will. I guess it's a layman term. Um, what are your other? When you talk about the Alaskan Triangle, do you have any others that you feel are the same thing around the Earth? That you know, maybe that this for some reason this area draws this energy, draws these things out. Um, in your opinion, is there anything else other than Alaska might, might have something like that? I mean, you have a lot of these different triangle areas around the world. Of course, Bermuda's the most famous, uh, there's, there's the Alaska triangle. There's also a Lake Michigan triangle, Bridgewater in Massachusetts. There's a Nevada triangle, the dragon triangle out there by Japan, which actually those legends and stories date back thousands of years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, that one's, um, (laughs) A lot of crazy things have happened out there. But then you have also these kind of smaller areas um, that are, you have really high concentrations of, you know, this electromagnetic activity and strange anomalies like mm-hmm. Skinwalker Ranch, Sedona, mm-hmm. places like that. So, um, I mean, and, and yeah, basically what's going on in these areas is you, know, you have that, um, you know, the, the Earth's magnetism, you have that uh, right. molten iron core that you know, this is this is where we get our you know earth energy our you know magnetic uh protection and all that is, is from the earth's core but as that magnetism is coming up through the ground through the mantle and the crust it's interacting with different metals minerals some cases water and you know some places depending on what's in the ground like that creates you know different electromagnetic anomalies and so that's what's going on in these different areas. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming with that being said that uh, you're very familiar with uh, ley lines and how they you know, yeah. cross-sect the, it, their, worth, their world. Right, right. Um, and it, it's funny, you said, you know, uh, 
earlier, you know, layman's term. So to me, ley lines is a, is a layman's term. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> pun, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. And, and it's because uh, for, for one, I mean, there is a, you know, a term that, that we use ley lines. It comes from the old straight track. Uh, Alfred Watkins back in hundred years ago, 1920s, mm-hmm. when he first noticed, Hey, you know, all of these different sites are, are lined up like, mm-hmm. um, you know, stone circles, uh, temples, cathedrals, you know, boom, 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 you know, all in a line. And so that's the lay. It's the, the geographical lining up of these different sites like that. But the reason why they line up like that and make what we call the ley line is underneath is the telluric current, which is the, uh, right. the earth's energy grid. That's the, mm-hmm. the, the energy currents that are going through the ground. And there are some locations on earth where uh, they're more powerful for, you know, one, you know, like the triangle areas of the creating the, vort- the vortices and that sort of thing. But also uh, you have uh, areas where they, they connect and, you know, a lot of people call them nodes um, or you, you, another kind of more technical term would be like a, a, a disc- a conductivity discontinuity. But, mm. um, you know, you see things like the Great Pyramid of Giza on top of one of these nodes right, um, right. places like stonehenge and, and mm-hmm. things like that so um yeah these are i guess what you call happening places right so if, quick question then we're going to take a, a break and then we'll come back with you um mm-hmm. again mike i appreciate the time so when we talk about you know getting, getting ley lines you know whatever have you uh frequencies you know the earth has a has a freak it has a hertz that you know the the planet runs off of really um, and they talk that a lot of times this energy, when it crosses over water, for example, old wells, whatever have you, that that frequency, that shifts, that vibe shifts up. D- is that, is there anything to that in your opinion, as far as science? And when you look at, you know, the Alaskan triangle, the Bermuda triangle, mm-hmm. all these have water to do with all these have different vibrational frequencies causing whatever's happening to happen. D- is there something, is a correlation there in your opinion, or is that just, just pseudoscience that's just run amok? No, there's a, there's absolutely something to that. I mean, you can, I mean, what what happens when we put a um, you know an electric wire into water? Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna get sparks. It, it's but actual it's kinda, science. It's, you know. Yeah, that's actual science. Uh, but it, it would be more of the idea of okay, what what happens to the water around? Let, let's say we have it, you know, a cord running under the water and not actually exposed. It was, mm-hmm kind of more it would, what it would be. And the, the water around that cord is still, you know, picking up a charge, um, especially you know, depending on the type of minerals that may actually be within the water at that time. But same thing with, um, w- with the actual land. What are the minerals in the ground that may be picking that up? And um, the U.S. Department of the Interior did a survey in Alaska in the 1960s where they surveyed 100,000 square feet, or I'm sorry, 100,000 square miles of, of land, which is only once it's actually a little bit less than one sixth of the total mass of Alaska. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Alaska is huge, but, um, but they uh, picked up on what they called five different characters of uh, magnetism within these hundred thousand square miles. Interesting. And some of them they called negative anomalies. So this is, you know, the U S department of the interior that's coming out with these surveys saying, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something unusual going on with the magnetism in the ground here in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you, you also look at some other things with a place like that. Um, you have a lot of volcanic activity up there. You have um, a lot of earthquakes. So you have seismic volcanic, uh, you have the uh, uh, solar flares hitting off of Alaska up there. The reason why we have the Aurora Borealis is because it's a 
thinner protection, thinner magnetic right, protection up right. there. The solar flares slam into it. Um, you know, if you have a mass coronal ejection, those are the ones that threaten the power grids on the ground. Well, Alaska is more susceptible to that. So you have mm-hmm. this like, you know, crazy cocktail of different energies going on up there to create all this other activity. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely. And people think that, you know, it's so beautiful in reality. It's, you know, not good <laughs> what's causing <laughs> what's going on. So anyway, uh, we're, Mike, if you don't mind, we're going to take a quick break. Um, everybody will be right back with uh, Mike Ricksicker. Stand by. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we're back. Um, I wanted to start talking about, you know, we, we talk about, we kind of get back to the shadow people, if you will, or the, the shadow beings, I, I guess, uh, and what that is. We talk about other cultures and, and things to that nature. Are there other cultures that you've stumbled across that really have maybe not directly talked about this, but, uh, you know, they, they've, it's, it's been in their history. It's something that they've experienced. Maybe, you know, the tribes in Alaska from way back when. What, what's a correlation there, if anything? Um, yeah, pretty much every culture that's ever existed has talked about it. Wow, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just, they don't, uh, in many cases, they don't use the term shadow people. They have other uh, people or entities or, you know, legendary characters that are basically that. Um, it, it's kind of, especially when you look at like what we call old hack syndrome. People wake up in the middle of the night, they have, uh, you know, the old hack sitting on their chest or hovering above them, standing in the corner. Or sometimes it comes off as a ghoul or something like that. And you see this throughout, you know, a lot of different cultures over millennia. Um, you know, you have like the, from Turkey, the Karabasan, the Dark Presser, uh, the piece of Dira from Brazil, which basically is a, you know, kind of an old witch sitting on the chest. And, you know, you have all of these uh, different cultures that are talking about the same thing, but they weren't supposed to have been connected throughout all this time. You can take it back to ancient Sumer. They had a, uh, uh, what they called an Udug, which is kind of loosely translated as demon. But um, this thing would hover over people at night, uh, did not have any facial features. It actually didn't even have any limbs. Uh, wow. And they called it a, a binding spirit because people would become, you know, paralyzed at mm-hmm. night. So there's our whole, you know, so sleep paralysis. Ties that time. together. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, ancient Egypt, you know, they'd believed in seven different parts of the soul. And one of those, the K-bit, was the shadow and so while the other parts of the soul would go on to the constellation of Orion after death, the shadow or the cabit would remain here on earth to roam around. And you see similar concepts in some of our different native American cultures where um, and depending on the tribe, they would in each tribe kind of had their own beliefs, but sure, many sure. of them, you know, believed in kind of the same thing. Different parts of the soul could have been two, three, five, whatever. Um, and many of them also had that, shadow aspect to one of the parts of the soul that after death would still remain here on earth. Yeah. Do you, is it, see, that's fascinating that we've had this for so long and here we still are, you know, what, what's your hopes when we talk about this? I mean, you know, 
we always discuss this fringe science of, of, of what the paranormal may be, right? No matter what road you want to go down, you can go down mediumship or shadow people, whatever have you. Um, how do you approach that when you actually do that in your research? You know, and there's some scientists that have made strides on bringing it more to the top, bringing up more of a, no, this is legitimate. There's something here. We're seeing something. What's your take on all that? Yeah, it's it's a challenge. Um, you, you want to try to include as much science as you can, but um, you know it becomes it becomes difficult at times. You, know, you might capture something on camera, and you know somebody tried to dispute it, and it's like I actually captured it, and then oh no, you photoshopped it. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so that becomes a challenge. You, you know, we we get all these you know paranormal investigators. You know, they get all their different devices and gadgets, and okay, you got a you know EMF detector, and you get a little spike or whatever. That doesn't mean that there's a ghost or a spirit or a right. shadow person there. It just means that there was some sort of anomalous electromagnetic activity. So it becomes a bit of a challenge. You know, what do we actually do as a scientific experiment? Um, you know, you need you need a control object. You know, when mm-hmm. when you actually go through the scientific method. So if you are you know, if your thing is, I want to, I want to prove that this place is haunted. Well, your control object is a place that is not haunted. Well, how do you prove that? The, the place that your control right, object right, is right, not right. haunted, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. So it, you know, that's kind of a catch 22 there. Um, you know, it's interesting because for thousands of years, we had like straight, you know, spiritual uh, superstitious belief system. We bring science into the mix, which, you know, I believe you know, we, we need it for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we've kind of gone the reverse route where, you know, now we're going to dispel everything in the name of science. There's a happy balance here somewhere. It doesn't have to be, you know, polaristic one side or the other somewhere. It's somewhere in the middle and we have to find that happy spot. Yeah. And I think that's what's so frustrating because, and, and again, we talked about this, you add the internet to it. You add, it is, you know, we use the term a lot, you know, you want to be a, a skeptic, skeptic, or skeptic believer kind of, you know, you can't, don't fall down the rabbit hole in every single thing that you see. But, you know, there's some knowledge behind this. There's, you have to check your boxes on what you're seeing, uh, what, how you're seeing it, you know, and, and see if that's something else. I, I've got a really good friend of mine who's been doing paranormal research for uh, 20 years, and he started to, in the beginning, to d- disprove it. Um, there's mm-hmm. no such thing as ghosts. He was a devout Catholic. Um, needless to say, 20 years later, He's got a file stacks of four feet high that, you know, it completely backfired, you know, and he's still doing it. So it it just amazes me, you know, when you come to that. Um, In Alaska, so you have a docu-series that's part of that. I believe you have a documentary that's coming out. Um, When you meet these people that have experienced, you know, in their home and their area, their land of what's going on, anything that stands out with that, like, are there, is there a case or a group of cases that really just, man, you're scratching your head on. Uh, it's one of those things that, that just you know, blows your mind as far as what they're what they're saying, and then of course proof in you know what, what they're seeing. What, what's that look like? I mean, I've had a lot of interesting cases over the years. Uh, so, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, one of them that we dealt with, um, that we actually filmed for the uh, the haunted, which was up in Oklahoma. This was uh, twelve years ago now, mm-hmm. and. That was one. It's it's the only case that I've been on that's ever been you know uh, uh, that they we had demonologist Carl Johnson out there, good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and it's the only case I've been on that was actually deemed demonic in nature, and it was a totally bizarre case. And there are still things today that are just that are mind blowing about it. Um, and and actually talking with Carl, you know, just going down the whole demon thing sure, real sure. quick. Um, you know, that's, that's like his specialty. He gets called out to these more malevolent cases. And I had him on uh, my show 
last fall and just ask them the question, you know, what, what was the last actual, you know, demonic case that, that you worked? This is like your specialty. And it's like, you know, it was actually our case in, in Oklahoma all those oh, years wow. ago. So it's like, it's few and far between yeah. when you actually deal with, with something that could be uh, deemed demonic. And in this particular case, that's what was going on. Um, the household was dealing with a red-eyed shadow entity. Um, they had actually had a lot of paranormal uh, occurrences within the house over a 20-year period, but nobody was talking about mm-hmm. it yeah. uh, forever. And then finally, it finally got to a point where the adult daughter of the house, Talison, had just had enough with this thing that kept showing up in, in her closet and was actually seen elsewhere around the house too. It was terrorizing her, terrorizing the cat. Other people started seeing this thing. And so we're brought in, our team is brought in to, to investigate this. Of course, television show makes it look like, you know, we walk into the house, right, do a right. couple little tests. Oh, yeah, you yeah. got a demon. Let's bring Carl on <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we'll cleanse the house. No, Edited I mean, for time. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You only got 40 minutes, 42 minutes to tell a story. So yeah, I get yeah. it. But, um, but we were there several times over the, the course of, our, of a number of months and, you know, we, we saw some bizarre stuff and uh, mm. never actually saw the red-eyed entity itself. But there was one time um, the, the cat in the house started going you know, a, a little crazy. Yeah, it's getting very skittish, uh, darts from the living room into the dinette area, took off into the kitchen, then kind of made its way back over to the area where the bedrooms were at. And I started kind of following it a little bit. And all of a sudden the cat stopped right in front of the door to Talison's bedroom. Mm. And I'm looking in, and I see why the cat stopped. There was this big black cloud in the middle of her room. And the cat just, you know, took off around the corner, back into the living room. Uh, and this cloud just, like, Smart cat. slowly dissipated away. Uh, I tried hmm. taking a photo, stupidly used a flash, and kind of obliterated the whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but that was one of the, you know, when I tell people the story, you know, they'll ask me, okay, was it... You know, was it the red-eyed entity? Was it trying to form up into the red-eyed entity? Or was it the red-eyed entity first and right, then right. had dissipated away into the black cloud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But then when we actually filmed the cleansing for that case for the television show, um, we had had the family stay outside. We're going through the house. You know, Carl's doing his blessings and all that stuff. And Talison, the, the girl who's having most of the problems, comes into the house to use the restroom. Okay, fine. But then we find her in the master bedroom talking at something unseen against the wall. I mean, she's talking to a wall. And um, Carl's like, okay, something's going on with her. He decides to do a blessing over her. All of a sudden, she gets, she doubles over in pain. Like, she just got punched in the gut and falls to the ground. Like, what the heck just happens? We pick her up. We get her on the bed. She was okay. When I listened to my audio, because I had my digital audio recorder going, when I listened to my audio later, I caught electronic voice phenomena right there that said die, right? It was like die, and then boom, she got punched in the gut. I was like, whoa, okay. And we didn't, wow. we didn't see anything. Yeah. We did not yeah, yeah. see the, the entity in question, but we heard that die, and then she got punched in the gut. But, so we got her back on the bed. Then all of a sudden, we had a tri-field meter set up in, the, uh, in her bedroom over by the closet where a lot of this... She had been reporting a lot of the activity. That starts beeping and going off like, like crazy. And in the master bedroom, the back door to out, the outside blows open. Wow. We shut the door, and it blows open again. We did that three times, finally deadbolted the hmm. thing. Uh. Um, you know, so Carl does a blessing over the door and all this stuff. So like a lot of bizarre stuff was going on. 
continue on with the blessing. Mm-hmm. We you know push this thing outside. Um, you know, Carl's continuing to bless the backyard. Well, the wind's kicking up like crazy. The the cats are circling us. It's just like bedlam back there. Weird. And then all of a sudden, it just stops. Carl drops to a knee, and we have to kind of get him up. He's exhausted, and he's like, okay, it's done. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So we go over to the side yard where the family had been staying. It's a, and it's a small yard. But we go over there, and we're telling them, okay, you know, we're, we're done. You know, uh, you know, everything should be all right. It's gone. You know, that wind got pretty crazy, didn't it? And they say, what wind? What? Now, <laughs> everything was going oh crazy God. in that backyard with the wind and the trees and the cats and everything. They experienced no wind in the little Nothing. side yard. Over it there. was just centralized. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And, and then yeah. how do you, and then wow. either, so wait a minute, are we crazy? Are, did we lose our mind on this? Or is this, you know, it, that's oh, insane. And they've never had a problem since. That was 12 years ago. I'll be damned. So that is a question, and I don't know how to ask this, I guess, because, you know, we obviously there's something different from demonic versus shadow people, beings that we're we're talking about. Um, When you discuss attachments, you know, we hear a lot of this term in in the demonology side of it. Yeah. What what you experience is eight years old, you know, and 13, whatever have you, things you saw in Alaska. Do you think you, for whatever reason, you're drawn to that, they're drawn to you? What does, what's your theory on that? Um, yeah, not attachment, but, um, but yeah, there are some people that see more shadows and apparitions. So mm-hmm. others that see more apparitions and shadows. Some people are kind of in the middle. don't see a whole lot of anything. Sure. Um, and I think that has to do with a person's, you know, personal resonance frequency vibration. You know, we all have a certain frequency that we resonate at the human body, you mm-hmm. know, has a certain range and everybody's a little bit different. And so, you know, you could be on a paranormal investigation with somebody and you see something plain as day right in front of you. Hey, did you see that? And the other person's like, no, Yeah, (laughs) that happens a lot. Like, how did you not see that? And I think that's because of, again, our own personal resonance frequency vibration. Sure. And I think my body has become, because it started happening at a young age where I was seeing these different things. I think my body's become in tune to that. So when that energy enters the room, it recognizes it. My body mm-hmm. is able to recognize, oh, there, there's something here and I can turn and look and, you know, and there it is. And for other people, it might be an apparition. It doesn't mean I won't ever see an apparition. I have. Right. Um, but it comes across a little differently. So sure. like I mentioned earlier, that rolling black smoke that morphed into the apparition of a little girl. There were five of us that saw her, but we all saw her a little bit differently. So I saw okay. her like fully formed from the head on down to about her knees. And then she kind of dissipated away. Other people saw her fully formed at her feet. And it was like around her head that she started to dissipate away. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's because you know, we all have that different uh, resonance about us, but also, you know, the entity itself has its own resonance frequency vibration to it right. as well. So it's how, yeah. how are those energies jiving? Do, do you think it's more on, on our side or their side? And the reason I ask that is because, you know, you hear people, Oh, my, you know, my dead grandma came and sat on my bed, but is it, is there their mind trying to make sense of what that is? And it's just their mind trying to form that it, it, you know, it could look something completely different to uh, somebody else who would experience something similar in the same house, say, you know? Yeah. Somebody in, somebody in the house, instead of seeing grandma might see a shadow. Yeah. You know, or yeah. some people report seeing like a shimmer type person. Interesting. Um, so I think that has to do more with our 
um, perception vibration over here. Yeah. Okay. Perception of what we're okay. seeing. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Just absolutely amazing. And, um, I just got one more question. Then of course you want to promote what you're doing, Mike, you know, it's amazing. Sure. It seems, I don't know what kind of time you have. I, I hear you're a baseball fan too. I don't know how you can find time to go see a baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing all this other stuff. Um, do you feel the need to protect yourself? Like, do you get to the point that you like, you know, something that, it's, you know, and again, maybe not attachments, but, uh, uh, an experience you've had, you know, does that ring with you a little, you know, psychology wise or, yeah, you know, people ask me uh, about protection. You know, what mm-hmm. should I do to protect myself? And I, I believe it comes down to intention. You know, everybody has a different belief system. Sure. And so, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, if, if a Buddhist comes up to me and asks, you know, what should I do for protection? I'm not going to give them a Christian prayer. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, you can, I, I, I could, <laughs> yeah, right. But, yeah, yeah. but it, and I could do that. But when they go to say that prayer, they're not going to have the conviction behind it that's needed. You know, mind, they're going to be mind over matter. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to be questioning, is, is this really working? And then it's not going to yeah. work. So yes, mind over matter, I believe it's the intention behind it. So as long as you wholeheartedly believe whatever the heck it is, mm-hmm. you know, it could be, you know, it, it could be stones, it could be a talisman, whatever it is, a prayer. Um, if you wholeheartedly believe that it's going to work, I believe it will. Uh, when, when I was doing a lot more, you know, paranormal investigations, um, yeah, I, I really didn't do a lot going into those, you know, mm-hmm. I think my first couple, when I started like really getting serious about doing paranormal investigations, I kind of like said a little prayer going in, but after a while I started not, but there are times that I would be walking out of a building and I could feel something following behind me. And I would just turn around and say, no, you stay here. Right. You know what to say? So set the grounds. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Set the Interesting. Okay. Yep. No, amazing. Um, I do want to ask you, and then of course we're going to promote on your side that you have courses that, that you do. Yeah. Uh, of course we're going to put links to the show, make sure, you know, we'll, we'll get people in right if they're interested, you know, and, and again, I'm one of them, you know, that this stuff fascinates me. Um, what are people looking for those courses? What, what do you offer on those things? Yeah. So I have two standalone courses right now. I have some others in the works. Like you said, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> um, so one is on shadow entities, you know, full, um, you know, several hours worth of, uh, you know, getting really deep into this topic of, of shadow entities. Then I have another on ancient Egypt. Um, oh, wow. A lot of, yeah, uh, um, video blogs from when I was over there last year, as well as different classes that I've, um, that I've held in regards to this. So right now there's over 12 hours of, uh, footage within that. I'm actually going to be expanding that here soon. Um, and for promotional purposes, since we're going down that route, I sure, uh, sure. do have a uh, Stargates of Ancient Egypt tour coming up here in February. So if oh, awesome. like join us, okay. yeah, that'd be great. So that's, those are the standalone courses, but I also have a membership side where, um, you know, a 30 day free trial and then uh, 10 bucks a month, nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. where um, we have a weekly class on Wednesday nights, uh, where we get into you know, all these different types of esoteric topics. So it's, it's an interactive class. People, you know, post their questions in the chat. Um, there's, you know, video clips and the whole slide presentation, all that sort of thing going on. Um, also have monthly Q and a videos back there, all kinds of articles, sneak wow. peeks and uh-huh. uh, behind the scenes footage of projects that I'm working on. I have a, uh, a weekly video blog that I put out there. So there's a lot of content on that backside, man. That's, that's amazing. I did sign up for your newsletter, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, we'll okay, see great. What, yeah, because of what comes to that. It, it, Mike, is there anything else that we can help promote? Anything you want to promote? Some recent upcoming things? Anything past uh, what you already covered? Um, 
Yeah. I mean, the big thing is the Egypt tour and, and like you were talking about connected universe portal. I mean, I always have different things going on, uh, you know, books that I'm working on and, and other projects I have events, um, Michigan Paracon, Pontlanta in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, the okay. Lawrence Paracon in Connecticut coming up here uh, very soon. So if people want to uh, come out to those and I'll autograph some books, that'd be great. Yeah. No. Nice. That, that's and again, they can uh, find your Egypt trip at connecteduniverseportal.com, right? Yeah, connecteduniverseportal.com. There's a there's a tour link there and they can find uh, all the tours that uh, that'll be doing. Just got done with Ireland. And uh, we also have an Alaska one that'll be coming up, but uh, details of that are to be announced. Or they could also go to MikeRicksecker.com, which is my personal site that has everything as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Everybody, Mike Ricksecker. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's always fascinating talking about this, especially in this. We don't usually cover the shadow people portion on our podcast often, but uh, man, I, I feel like I'm a lot more educated than I was. So, you know, appreciate it so much. Yeah, Shane and Josh, thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I um hopefully we didn't inundate them too much. I, I think it the whole subject fascinates me. And what I will be honest with you, the one thing that was refreshing about it in on my side, and and you know, you can you know put your two cents in there, is so again, we got these guests that some you know, again, we've had some on, we've had a bunch or books you read, or people that are on the interweb, whatever have you. And it's all, oh, shadow people, they're demons, or this and that. And they all lump everything into that one little microcosm. And this is not what Mike was saying. It's like, no, this is, he's had situations, but it's completely separate. To hear somebody with like the approach of, no, just because it's a black shadow does not mean that it's demonic. That it doesn't go down that pathway. There's something else here. We believe possibly there's beings that are coming. They're using certain mechanisms to you know cross over in our frequency, cause a blip, cause a time slip. Which I just separating the two, I felt was really refreshing. And and I just kind of want to start there because I that was was one of the first things I took off the interview. Really, yeah. And honestly, like I read something a while back, and I think it was like a joke on the internet or something, like on Reddit or something where. Someone was like, they were talking about like the hat man, which is like a type of shadow person. And someone was like talking about how they were scared of how they always see it. And someone else was like, oh man, don't worry about it. Like the hat man is just there to make sure you're okay. And I was like, wait, Uh, what? Interesting. Hmm. That's not how I thought that went. And like, I kind of like read a little bit more and it was like, oh yeah, like they're just there to check up on you and like. They're scary because they're scary, but they're not scary because they're bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah, scary, scary because waking up and seeing something in the middle of the night is scary, no matter what it is. I, it, dude, it could be my dog staring at me. That scares the shit out of me. I don't care. Oh really yeah, what I've it, had know. that happen a couple times with the cats. You know where I'm like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Knock <laughs> uh, that weird but, shit off. Yeah, and and like so at a house I lived in a long time ago, I used to have like old hag syndrome stuff, kind oh, wow. of really frequently. Um, and so I thought it was super interesting when he was talking about protections and stuff and how he didn't really do too much to at the beginning, but sometimes when he was leaving a place, if he felt like something was trying to come with him, he would turn around and just be like, no, you fucking stay here. And I was like, that's weird because it's like, I tried that at the place where I would have like that, uh, old hag syndrome kind of feeling of like waking up and like 
can't really see, feel like I'm being choked, feel like something's on my chest. Right. Um, and sometimes I would be like, the power of Christ compels you, you know, like leave me the fuck alone kind of shit. And like, finally at one point I was just like, Hey, like we're both in this house. I pay the rent. I won't fuck with you if you don't fuck with me. Right. Like just leave me the fuck alone and we're good. Sending lines in the sand, you know? Yeah. And after that, like there was no more like weird, like typical old hag syndrome, like feeling like something sitting on your chest or you're being choked or anything like that. But there was still like weird shit that happened, but it was more benign. You know what I mean? Like still kind of freaky because it's weird shit, but it wasn't like, it didn't feel dangerous. It just felt like something was just trying to communicate, you know? Yeah. And that's interesting. That whole, that, that fascinates me because I, I've never, like I've experienced, I've seen things. I've, I've felt things follow me, things like that. I've never experienced the night terrors. I've ne- well, no, take that back. I do experience night terrors often. However, I never experienced that, that old egg where you, there's something holding you down, tying you up. Um, it, it would, it would fucking terrify me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like it, it's one of those things. It's just a phenomenon that I, I can't really wrap my head around because it, you know, I don't get that experience, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing, man. So yeah, crazy. Uh, and everything he had to say, like I said, I, I find it fascinating. His research, you know, I've heard about the Alaskan triangle. Um, and if you ever had a chance to check out that show, man, I, I don't know if you have, it, it, um, I didn't because when I saw it in the notes, I thought it was the old one with like Ken Gearhart and stuff that was on like the history oh, channel and like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. like, around the turn of the decade, like around like early teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that show. Uh, I didn't know there was a new one, so I'm going to see if I can find it tonight, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it, it, it's, it's really out. cool. I mean, it's kind of neat how they do it. Cause it's kind of like skinwalker. It, they don't focus on one specific thing. They kind of bounce around and they tie all these anomalies together. Uh, and that's what I, that's what I find kind of fascinating. So the few that I've saw, yeah, I, I really enjoy. I've got his book coming, sign up for his newsletter. Um, and folks, you know, for those of you, you know, that are listening, we'll put everything in the show notes. Uh, the guy's involved in all kinds of stuff. And even his courses, I want to make sure that we asked about that uh, because yeah. it is fascinating. He takes time to actually have those courses in place. Um, and according in Egypt, you know, it's always fascinated me, the whole Egyptian folklore and how that ties into things. Uh, because I think that group of people, that civilization, man, they had a, a tie into the underworld. Like you wouldn't believe it's just crazy, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, one thing we were kind of talking about, um, as far as when we were talking about tulpas and stuff that I meant to interject, but then somebody said something more interesting, um, <laughs> sorry, was that, uh, the way you feed thought into it and it gives it its own kind of existence or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting. Cause I don't know if you've ever read the book or watched the TV show that they made out of it. That was on stars um, about American gods. That's the name of it. Is oh American yeah. Yeah. God. It's a book, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Neil they, Gaiman yeah. wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like the way that, the gods work in that is like, they need people to pray to them, to give them attention, to give them devotion, right. to give them right. thought mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. in order to survive. And so they're basically tulpas. And yeah. Yeah. like, I wanted to bring that up. And then we started talking about like way more interesting aspects of it. Well, it's so um, cool. The whole tulpa theory, you know, and I really would like to delve into it one of these days. I think it, it fascinates me. The whole thought science behind 
you know, and it, it's something as simple. We talk about it often, you know, and you and I and John had talked about it in the past. You know, it's that positive enforcement. It's that thought enforcement of, you know, mind over matter type thing. If you believe it, it's going to, there's something there, you know, and some people are great at it. Some people aren't. Um, but when you really focus things, I, I, you know, I just, yeah, that whole thing fascinates me. And it's been in history, I, I guess, even back in the Jewish tradition, um, they have stories of, you know, what they made, you know, they brought this thought to conquer their enemies and all this other stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane. So. Um, and speaking of Neil Gaiman, oh, uh, I'm watching the Sandman tonight. Don't jinx. Do it. Don't say anything. I was uh, going to say. It's 10 episodes instead okay. of the usual six or eight that you get from a, net, a season of Netflix show. Nice. Um, so like, don't do what I did and try and watch it all in one night and then be really sad at work in the morning. Um, <laughs> but it's really good. It's been 15, 20 years since I read the comic books. It's been a bit I for me too. Like, yeah. uh, like they were very, very faithful to the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was one particular storyline I was waiting for that never showed up and one that I was like, I don't remember if this was part of it or if this is like new for the show, but either way it was amazing. Yeah. It's really good. Um, it's not as sexy as American gods was, which is weird because Netflix usually doesn't mind. Right. Being a yeah, little I, sexy. I caught that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's really good. Like there were, there are definitely some episodes that are like, key points that you're definitely going to remember from the graphic novels. That's cool, man. I can't wait. And I can't wait. It is done yeah. so well. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I dude, heard, I heard they hit it on, even when they picked the characters, I heard they hit them spot on. Like, yeah, everything. like even the ones that are different, like, uh, are like not cast the way they were drone, drone, drawn, drone, drone. I know what you're talking about. Now the way they were drew in the comic books. Yeah. Um, but like the people that they picked to act them, like nail it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, the dude that plays the Sandman looks almost exactly like the drawing of the comic book to the point where I'm like, I think they were like either digitally or through makeup, like changing his face a little bit. That's crazy. Cause he doesn't look like a, it's not, you know how the Sandman's face was always like super goth with like, yeah, yeah, big yeah. yet tiny eyes. And then like kind of a, bigger square, like jaw, square like, jaw yeah looks quite not quite right for like a normal face mm-hmm. right um and they nail either they found a dude that just looks like that or they uh nailed it through e- either way effects, i can't but. wait so after we get a recording um i'm waiting for the wife to come back home and, and we're gonna check out the salmon i was trying to like sprinkle seeds during vegas in betwixt everything and she maybe she won't like it but we're gonna get, <laughs> we're gonna give it a shot either way but uh yeah it's, looking forward to it it's really good. I'd say like, it's a, as far as like the visually, it's like a good mix between something like American gods and something like uh, the stardust movie that was based on another one of his books that came out like fucking 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah. I don't know. know about that one. Huh? Crazy. Oh, you should check it out. It's yeah, really yeah. good. It's like two hours. Okay. Um, stardust. It's got oh, like yeah. uh fucking Robert De Niro's in it. Um, Interesting. Charlie hmm. Cox, the dude that plays daredevil on, 
uh, the Netflix God, that Daredevil must have thrown on my radar. Yeah, I remember nothing about that. It, well, you know, anyway, and again, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll um, sorry, check it this out is not an arts and entertainment podcast, <laughs> no. but no, um, I mean, I think we're pretty done, pretty much done, with Mike. But um, you know, first of all, thanks, Mike. You know, if you're listening to, to to come on, I mean, this fascinating topic, fascinating subject, and to have somebody kind of delve into it like you did, uh, I really enjoyed the analytics of it. I enjoyed kind of how you separated things. Uh, yeah, yeah, just just a good interview. So, listeners, hopefully you uh, you enjoyed that. Uh, if you want feedback, you know want to write us let us know or you want more topics along those you know those lines um you can write us at strange ankles at gmail.com you can call us at 801-252-69 uh leave that shit in vegas bro 45 fair enough and i think i did i'm pretty sure i did anyway uh how are we on socials man uh we are sort of engaged on uh instagram and facebook at uh strange uncles podcast we're on twitter at strange uncles um we're actually trying to revive the youtube channel i know we say this every week but you know we have real jobs that take up a lot of time and yeah so you know it's slow going but we're working on it so keep an eye out there um and uh you can find us if you want to support the show monetarily and get a few perks here and there you can find us at uh, patreon.com slash strange uncles there you go yeah and i think we're kicking around some uh some other ideas for the patreon members uh for sure not only bonus episodes but maybe some different swag here and there you know we haven't really landed on things yet but uh you know josh has some hookups on his side so we'll see where that flows um but you know as we move closer to the holidays and by holidays i mean halloween because i could give two shits about christmas uh got some cool things in mind so yeah yeah hopefully man this summer has like literally I can't believe it's August again. I know that sounds stupid, but man, it just seems like time has flown by. So yeah, it has, and I'm uh, not excited about how quickly it's going. But I mean, the summer can fuck off. I'm ready to be done with it. <laughs> kind of the same. I don't hey, really want to get into winter per se. I'd prefer like a nice, super long fall. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. either way. Um, but let us know, listeners. Uh, again, if you have ideas, whatever have you, write us, call us, let us know. Otherwise, uh, we have some more things in the pipeline, some more guests in the pipeline, uh, some original write-ups in the pipeline. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, just Mike mentioned it, that the Shadow Dimension documentary, I think that's – he has so many. I oh, might be that's a having the Oof. wrong title. Um, but he the best place to find that was on Tubi. Um, so if I can't find oh. – Perfect. That's on my list. If I can't find the uh, Alaskan Triangle show, I'm going to find that. And uh, and also, he's got a YouTube channel um, that looks really interesting. Yeah, it, it is. I caught some of that out earlier. Uh, we'll throw those links on the notes. Um, so always pay attention to the show notes, especially when we have guests on. They get, they got a lot of lot of stuff, especially as somebody like Mike, who just seems like he's overly ambitious, which is amazing because I I'm, I'm not. So kudos on kudos on him. Yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge. Check out all of his stuff. Absolutely. So with that being said, be safe, everyone. Uh, Try to stay cool and uh, close the gates.